0: Hi everyone, my name is Kate.
1: Hey, I'm John and um, my user handle on Instagram is at Unicorn Arts Factory.
0: And you're listening to ArtWise. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to ArtWise. Today I have with me John... Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and just let you uh, give a little more thorough of an introduction. Just talk a little bit about what you do as an artist and uh, what you're here on Artwise to talk about today.
1: Yeah, my name is John. I grew up in a very small town. I'm still kind of here. Graduated, I think, 2020 during the pandemic. That was <laughs> that was a weird ceremony. I'll get it that much? I bet. Yeah, it was awkward. It was lots of, like, weird driving. So we had, like, drive in our car, and there's this line of cars.
0: Oh, my brother did that. My brother graduated 2020. So he did that, too, the drive through graduation.
1: Yeah, except instead of fries and soda, it was uh, a diploma.
0: Okay, that's so weird. But, Yeah. yeah, my brother did the same thing. Yeah, it was,
1: yeah, it was really weird. But I grew up in Moab, Utah. It's like a really small town in southern Utah, and I went to school in Orem, Provo area for about eight years. So wow. a very long, long time. Let's just say I'm not the best at math, <laughs> so math. I had to retake a ton of math classes. Um, but ever since then. A lot of personal stuff through those eight years. And it for a while I lost my interest in art and lost my connection to it and my inspiration for it. But it's been kind of a journey of finding it again and knowing how to handle when I have moments where I don't feel inspired and how to refuel that. So it's been a lot. It's That's been a huge journey for me. But after that, I moved back and I've been in Moab ever since. And I've been kind of going into hermit mode. I'm so good at that. And just focusing on my recent creative project. Well, it's mostly done now, but that would be my tarot cards.
0: Right. Awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like I'm going through one of those periods right now where uh, I, I want to create, I always want to create art, but sometimes I really just don't, like, especially recently, I'm just, like, fresh out of ideas for everything, so I'm right there with you. Um, I'm I'm really excited to hear about your tarot deck, I'm also, or, or, oracle, oracle deck?
1: I have, like, the tarot deck, and then I've been working on a witch oracle deck.
0: Gotcha, okay. On the side
1: there's so many different things coming my way right now where I'm like, I have several different projects Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit chaotic. It's very true when things happen, they happen all at once. And then it just kind of like dies down until everything is thrown at you again. And now I'm trying to figure out how to manage that. Cause I have a few things like with Moab made, it's like a local art place, but I'm doing artwork for them as well. And me and my cousin are she's helping me start my own business. And so okay. yeah. it's Cool. Crazy.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to hear about that because I'm I'm also I'm working on I've been working on this tarot deck since I think I started it in twenty twenty one. It's t- it's there's so many cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's taking me <laughs> so forever. Many- it's such a big project. It's so hard to stay focused when you're working on something that's so time-consuming. So I'm excited to hear about that. Um, but before we get into all that, I did want to ask you um, to talk a little bit about how you began your journey into the art world. How did you get started with it?
1: Well, it also, like, a very little. Like, I've always loved the arts, Creativity in general as a kid. Like I think most kids do. I just think once we hit a certain age. Life happens. And we go different routes. Mm -hmm. But I think all kids. In general start as just. Bundles of creative. Joy. And energy. But I think. What first really inspired me was. My mom would always draw like a mermaid. And as a kid. Obsessed. With mermaids. Like, if I can turn it into a mermaid, I totally would. It was, like, almost hilarious. So it all started with my mom. She was the big inspiration for me. She's not, like, an artist, but she would always draw little things here and there. And as a kid, it just sparked that interest. And then I saw The Little Mermaid for the first time. And that rocked my world as a child. I wasn't simply obsessed with the Little Mermaid. I was the Little Mermaid. Like, all the drama. <laughs> and every family event, I would like dress up as a Little Mermaid. And remind you, like, my family is very conservative. But as a little kid, you know, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. So I like go down to the basement and then I like, Dress up as a mermaid, and then I would ascend the staircase singing a <laughs> <Little> mermaid song. <laughs> and then my family would just go quiet. <laughs> and I never oh. understood why, but like, but yeah, it was just the idea of creativity and creating your own characters and putting yourself in a world you want to be in or a world you want to experience. And I think that's the beauty of arts in general is that you can create new worlds new ideas your own universe and you can do whatever you want with it and it just brought so much excitement and joy to me as a kid that that's all I ever did was come up with stories and characters for those stories and environments for those stories and that's kind of what initially just like inspired me the whole creative process of it
0: gotcha okay yeah that's really cool Um, it's, it's so interesting to hear what everyone has to because everybody, no one gets past that question. The first and the last question are the same for everyone. It's like the middle ones that I uh, like kind of make like custom to each artist situation. But it's so interesting, because there's a lot of people I very much like you, I've always I've done art since since childhood. And it's just I never stopped. And there are so many people that have always like they come on the podcast and they're like talking about their childhood and how they always wanted to be an artist, but they felt like pressured not to. And so they stopped for like decades and didn't pick it back up again until like, you know, they were like a fully grown adult. So it's really, it's really interesting to hear someone with a similar experience to me, because it doesn't happen all too often on this podcast. (laughs) So I was wondering if you could you already mentioned The Little Mermaid, but I was wondering if you could also talk about some of the uh, the inspirations behind your work and the type of work that you do. Like if you had to describe your your art style, how would you describe it? Uh,
1: very. It's so funny, like the art that I love and always inspires me. is similar, but my artwork always be ends up being the extreme opposite of it. So, Mm -hmm. like, I love darker type works. Like, I love the colorful and stuff, but I love the more, like, inked, that kind of stuff. But I always felt myself gravitating naturally more towards the vibrant and colorful and whimsical. And I always am like, you know, I'm going to do something dark and brooding and sad. And then I try and I'm like, it still looks too happy. So I think it's a huge part of it is, recognizing like maybe your style or what you're going for isn't initially style is not the right word but what you go for what you do creatively will not always necessarily be similar to even the things you like or inspire you those things help fuel you but i think in my journey and my process i've kind of come to experience that like After a certain point, your work kind of comes out and flows naturally and speaks for itself, whatever that may be. And I think it's going with the flow of that and not pushing against it. Like when you're working on something and you're like, no, I want to be this specific vibe or feeling. But it just naturally starts flowing another direction. And sometimes as artists or control freaks like me, we want to control it and not allow it to flow in whatever direction it's going to go. So it's about finding that or recognizing that flow when it comes and kind of moving with it and not against it. Because if you're always going to move against it, even though it's may turn out completely different from what you initially want, it's it'll just be more of a difficult process instead of just going with it and accepting, okay, the art piece is heading in this direction. It's kind of like having a mind of its own and you need to just let it flow and do what you need to do to get it out.
0: Yeah. I fully agree with that. It's so weird that you bring that up too, because I was just struggling with that literally this morning So, um, I, I do illustration, but I've kind of shifted my focus to brand design for the time being, just because I'm trying to kind of learn new things and I've worked in design for the last like five years. So, um, I'm doing a rebrand for my own business and I I prepared for weeks. Like I made this huge mood board on Pinterest that was going to be like the exact, oh my goodness. I'm sorry if that was loud. That's going to be like the exact vibe that I wanted to encapsulate with my brand. And then I sit down to do the art and it just like, it just came out completely different. And I'm literally like, I'm sitting here like thinking like, okay, maybe do I start over or do I just keep going with like what I've done? Because I don't dislike what I've done, but I have like a whole plan for like this other vibe and it's kind of going in a completely different direction. So That happens to me a lot. I think as an illustrator, I feel like I embrace that when I'm making illustration, especially if it's my personal work and it's not dependent on like strategy. But as a brand designer, like that is that shouldn't happen. (laughs) So it's definitely like it's it's such a struggle between the two. So I fully I fully get that.
1: It's, it's weird. Like, oh, like life is just, it, life is weird. Um, it's interesting. Cause like, especially being a creative, cause I think being creative kind of forces you to kind of f- figure out different solutions for different things and also figuring out how to go with the natural flow of things and be at peace with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I am like, when it comes to my artwork, I am such a control freak. Like in college, I would do a painting. I'm like, this isn't good enough. I'll redo it. Redid it. And then I'm like, this is awful. I'll redo it again. And I would redo it. I've had paintings where I redid like six different times or seven right before it was due. And don't do that. I do not recommend. It is not worth it. It's easier said than done because, um, one of my professors would always say, Hey, finished, not perfect. And that's something I think a lot of us have to kind of get over that hurdle and recognize perfection does not exist. It is not a real thing. Perfection to me, perfection should be approached In the way of like doing something from pure inspiration and joy and passion, and recognize it's never gonna, it's always gonna have its own path and its own voice. Your voice is definitely gonna be a part of that process, but there's a part of it that's always gonna be what it is. And it's about accepting that and not trying to change it and move with that process. And it will, eventually start to work out, and then you'll start to recognize, oh, this is actually really cool. is isn't initially what I wanted exactly, but the result ended up being better than what I expected. And that usually comes with trusting the process, trusting yourself and your work and your creative inspiration. It's also about finding that inspiration as well, which can be very difficult at times, especially when you're stressed or you want to control everything sorry my ADHD brain she sometimes just goes (laughs)
0: you're fine (laughs) we I mean I'm so often during this podcast too we don't even end up following the the questions because I get off track like uh, hosting art wise is like being the conductor of a train with no track it's really don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> That's like the uh, arts in general. That's my life, but I need a better track in my life. If I'm, if I'm going to yeah. be honest.
0: Yeah, you can like try <laughs> to put a track there, but like at the end of the day, like if the train is not meant to be on a track, it's not going to follow the track. I have to remind myself that a lot. <laughs> it's yeah, just kind. Of, it's kind of like what we were just talking about. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's kind of like the idea of like, there is always a track, but we don't know where it's going to head up to a certain point.
0: We That's can only true. have a
1: vague idea and we just kind of have to trying to force ourselves in this or this or this, trying to just following the flow and bring up tarot cards, the fool card, taking that leap of faith into that unknown, into that mysterious and trusting that process. Yeah. Tarot is like, I love tarot. I'm like obsessed. Me too. I mean, I've taken a hiatus break from it because it became too much. At one point, like I was watching like 20 tarot readings a day. I'm like, does he love me? And that's not good. I don't recommend doing that.
0: <laughs> I I have been in that boat too. I'm, I'm currently on like a, a bit of a hiatus from pretty much all divination as a whole because I – I look for, what's the word? I look for, I remembered it and then it went away. I get it. Like confirmation isn't the word that I was thinking of. Like outside confirmation, outside of myself. I do that way too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my my spirit team, I think they're fed up with how much I'm like asking about stuff that probably like, honestly, I don't need to know. And they've made that very clear, like, you don't need to know, like, everything that's going to happen. And like, we're not going to tell you unless like, you need to know. So stop
1: asking.
0: Yeah. It gets like that to a certain point. I don't know if you've had the same experience with tarot, but that's like, pretty much where I'm at. And then sometimes you'll get to a point where they get so annoyed because you're just asking the same question over and over again, that they'll just start like making stuff up that just doesn't make any sense and has nothing to do with anything ever it's it, it, it mm-hmm. i don't know how it is for you but it gets crazy for me so i'm on a i'm also on like a like a tarot reading like a hiatus for myself personally yeah. because i am just i get too caught up in in getting confirmation yeah for things that like don't need to be confirmed
1: because it, it, it gets to the point where you're Wanting to control the outcome and situation. And you recognize you can't do that. I do believe mm-hmm. there is a fundamental knowing everyone has about themselves and their own life. But when the 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 expectations and the results, they can happen, but you have to allow that flow to be your main drive. And that flow comes from simply enjoying your life. And learn to have fun with things. And if there's something that you're struggling to have fun with that you need to get done, take a moment to meditate on it or find a path of joy on that project. For example, like studying and stuff. Like I love studying anatomy, but being in school for so long, it just sucked the creative life force out of me. And I'm like... And I noticed, like, I would draw tons, but I never see all of my stuff improving really very much, very little. And now I recognize that's because I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't having fun with the process. And I didn't know how to put myself back in that headspace. So when you're, like, about to do something you don't necessarily want to do, but you're understanding you need to do to get better, it's about, like, not... For me, it's learning to not force yourself to do it. Sometimes, sometimes that works for people and that's great, but it doesn't work for me. And for me, it's been learning to take a moment back, think about it and get myself kind of pumped up and excited about it. And then taking the step and doing it when I find that place of excitement, whether that be through meditating beforehand, looking up inspiration but it's also balancing that out because sometimes you can look up for inspiration, and that's all you do.
0: <clears throat> so yeah. it's about
1: actually when you feel that feeling, taking that action and that step forward, not continuing to look. My bad. Tap something. You're good. Define <laughs> <laughs> that. My brain. Okay. Inspiration. Sorry, my ADHD is so bad.
0: No, you're you're fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Finding that place of inspiration. Enjoy and excitement in something, and then taking action, but following through on that action when you feel that inspiration. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we like distract ourselves so much that we forget to take action when that inspiration is happening. And that's a very important thing to notice in yourself and pay attention to. Because if you get that little urge to draw or do something, do it right when you get that urge. Close whatever's distracting you. Move it to the side and go and take that action. Cuz <clears throat> sometimes you can get inspired but like all you do is like put yourself in this spiral of like just looking stuff up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I um I think it's important to note too um I know for a fact that a a lot of people who listen to Artwise are like me came from, you know, corporate hell and <laughs> like <laughs> years of being in a corporate setting as a creative and while that work is important um, it doesn't work for everyone Mm -hmm. so I I do know a lot of people a lot of artists who really enjoy their their corporate work but there are also a lot of people like me who I've met who it really just drained their creativity and their love for art because it's such a I don't know if there's even a word for this but I'll make one up and somebody can correct me later in the comments or something but it, it like boxes you in it's so it's restrictive. Mm-hmm. You can't just make whatever you want when you work in a job like that because you have to make something that's going to sell or work for whatever strategic purpose the company that has hired you needs, and it becomes like problematic for creative people like me because. When I am not able to just do whatever I want, it really makes me just not want to do anything at all. Mm. I'm an Aries rising. I don't like to listen to other people at all. So (laughs) I know there's a lot of people listening to this who I feel like struggle to find inspiration because their work has kind of turns so like they all their creative energy goes into like a corporate position where they can't really do what they want and then the by the time get, exactly by the time they get home from work they're so drained that they feel like they can't and that's where i was at for years i was in corporate for a total of a little more than four years and I when I got home from work, like the last thing I wanted to do was make more stuff. And after, you know, after COVID happened, COVID like changed a lot of things for a lot of people. But for me, the main issue that I had after COVID happened was I started realizing like just how bad that was for me, because I had this like really, really good, healthy coping mechanism in art. That I now was not able to utilize because all of my energy and all of my really, really good ideas went to this job that I didn't really care about, didn't really enjoy, and so I know a lot of people who listen listen to this podcast it's like it's a struggle, I think for every creative person, sometimes you just don't always feel inspired and i feel like when you're forcing yourself to make things that you don't really care about those ideas and those like sparks of inspiration and motivation to actually create start coming less and less because you're so Mm -hmm. drained so in that case i would say self-care um obviously uh i'm really i was really fortunate to be able to quit my job and start a business i know that a lot of artists don't even have that option most artists have like a ton of student loans and and, th- and like monthly bills that they have that are so high that they can't even you know even think about leaving a job with consistent income because when you do start a business it's so yeah I wasn't like when I started my business I was not expecting it to be the way that it was <laughs> but I can totally understand like it's not an it's not an easy road. So I understand why a lot of artists opt and prefer the, the corporate path because it is a lot more consistent and secure uh, mm-hmm. in, the begin- in the beginning, at least in the beginning, like compared well, to mean, starting a business. So,
1: Well, I'm like a firm believer in learning to find the ease in things. And mm-hmm. that can be difficult at first, especially with how you're raised and grown up and even the way we're taught about money and like it's cuz you have to do this you have all these expectations this, this and this and you're grown up with these ideas and these limitations that now that i just turned 30 i'm realizing oh i'm like going through this process now of unlearning a lot of these things i think life isn't so much about just learning it's about unlearning and removing limitations from yourself Because you hear stories about people who think things just come to them easy for some reason. And then you hear Mm -hmm. people's stories who are the exact opposite. And I think that comes with where your headspace is at and where you're at personally with yourself and the relationship you have with yourself, the better you are focusing on developing your personal relationship with who you are as a person and the better everything I think will flow. Like, it's been a weird couple years for me. Like, I used to be like, eh, if there's a God or a spiritual, whatever. If, if that exists, cool. But now I'm, like, been through some things. I'm like, can I can I curse?
0: Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I
1: was like, holy shit. Like, there is something to this. But for me, personally, what I've learned, universe, God, whatever. You want to call it. All I think it's about is minding your own fucking business and learning to love yourself to the point where you can't help, but love other people and other things. And I think a lot of people try to go the route of like, Oh, you need Jesus or, Oh, you need this or this. And now I'm like under now for me, I'm like, you need yourself. You need your relationship with you. And understanding you are not separate from anything. We tend to separate ourselves from things, which causes a lot of conflict or resistance in our lives, and that can make life difficult. But if we learn to practice realizing we aren't separate from this thing we call love, God, whatever, is when we start to truly feel empowered and Allow that flow to happen faster, more quickly, and swifty. 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 But more with more ease. I like Taylor Swift. (laughs) I made a swifty joke. I'm a dork. Anyway, going with that, finding that flow, going with that flow, and trusting the process as it happens. I'm right now in this place where I recently quit for the season at my server job. Uh, just to focus on my art Mm full-time and I might rework some of my tarot cards and stuff like that hopefully I can get that finished and set up soon Um, right now I just I'm still figuring out the cost and stuff and um, my cousin she is going to invest but It's interesting when you start, when you learn to quit stressing about things and trying to control things, how some things will just pop into your life. Like whether it be an opportunity or a person, it's interesting. Because, for example, my cousin, I haven't talked to her for years. Like I struggle with pretty much all my family because they're very religious, very evangelical. And it's always been difficult. It's always been difficult. But my uncle passed away last year. And I wasn't really close with my uncle, but I ran to my cousin Tamara. And it was like, it turned out we have very similar beliefs. And I didn't think I had a family member like that. And It was very hard because it was her dad and it was, oh, poor girl. I don't know how she does it, but I've learned like in hard situations, because like another example, we had a huge flood here and I noticed like hard times, it's hard to appreciate even the hard and difficult times because I noticed in those hard times, we tend to reconnect I reconnected with my cousin during the passing of my uncle and during the flood people like from very different parts of town came together and they all worked together to help clean everything up. I mean, like, it's like a disaster struck, but it struck, but it brought everyone back together in a way. And it's learning to appreciate those difficult times and actually what they do to help bring us together even though it's hard and even though it's difficult, it's finding gratitude and appreciation wherever you can. Um, and it just takes practice and moving with that flow. Cause sometimes difficult things happen to push us in a better direction or a direction we're supposed to go.
0: Yeah. I, I full, wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said. It was, it's kind of a lot to unpack, <laughs> <laughs> unpack, but I I have very similar beliefs. And I definitely think um I agree. I think that the the best things in life don't come easily and in when when bad things happen in the moment it is so hard to remember that like um things don't happen to you they happen for you and even though something really bad happened like keeping in mind that it does those things do bring people together and do help form really important new like life-changing connections and other you know things uh growth is never comfortable so i you know i think everybody it's it's easier said than done <laughs> I'm I have like a I I think I'm just gonna blame like my astrology for a second because I'm I'm a big astrology nerd uh I am like all fire so it's really hard for me to do that because I just like my my whole I don't know if you're into astrology or not but like my whole chart is fire and air so I just like I what like when something bad happens the world is ending and then like the good things come in I'm like okay I guess it's it's fine, yeah, <laughs> just recognizing too, like you said, I started my business in May of last year, so I'm freshly full-time freelancer as well. And what you said is super important, what you said earlier, you really do have to kind of, I don't know how to word this, like kind of let things that are out of your control like just blow by you, Mm -hmm. which is something I've never in my life. I personally, like I suffer from horrible anxiety my whole life and through spirituality, I feel like it's gotten a lot better in some regards. Obviously other things like having to undo the way I thought for 20 plus years, like is really difficult. So I'm still, obviously I'm still learning right but mm-hmm. it's like it's insane it's yeah. insane to have to go from like a life where everything was kind of laid out for me like i had um you know my job that i hated and everything and i had money coming in and everything was fine and to take that and go i'm going to start my own business like i didn't realize what a big shift it would be i just thought i don't know why i thought like it would immediately be successful <laughs> And it wasn't. Not that it's not, or not that it's unsuccessful. It's just, I didn't realize that things take time.
1: Yeah. And it's not where you're wanting it to be. It's not saying it's not successful. It's just not successful in the place you envision it right now.
0: Exactly. Like, I don't know why I thought like I would start a business and everybody would be like, woo hell yeah let's go take our money and it's not like that thanks so (laughs) (laughs) it's not like that at all and like you know not knowing like hmm, do I have rent for next month not yet hopefully I survive another month like that's how my life is right now and it it was so stressful at first but i'm about 9 months in right and i'm at a point where i'm like okay i just have to like trust that it's going to be fine cuz every month this happens and i panic but there's always like a freak way of like oh rent's due tomorrow i have no idea how i'm going to pay that because i did not make enough money to give myself a paycheck from my business this month and then like i'll get a random check in the mail or my car insurance will be like, Oh, we accidentally overcharged you. Here's a check for exactly the amount you needed for rent or like some random stuff will happen. So, you know, it gets easier to trust that everything is going to be okay when those things start happening, but it's hard to unlearn like the way that like we're programmed Mm -hmm. to exist in this society. That's a whole other can of worms, but, um, yeah. So, Speaking of all that, I do, I really do want to talk about your tarot deck.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot. Cause we kind of shifted, but I do, I want to talk about your, your tarot deck. Like what inspired you to create it? Tell us as much as you can about it. Uh, where are you at with it? Like, will when do you think like, can we get like an ETA on when it'll potentially be like available to purchase? Like. anything you you are able to tell us about the tarot deck please do because i'm curious and i do want to talk about that
1: yeah so it's so cheesy but what initially inspired me to start doing it is heartbreak (laughs) so i went through some really shitty heartbreak because like it's interesting because like growing up gay going through like high school and stuff well the time i was in high school it was very much like you don't come out like you don't want people to know you'd be bullied and vilified and just treated like shit so i never got to really experience any type of relationships or that big first initial heartbreak until like 2020 because i just always kept to myself and i've never had like a relationship and i've had a few heartbreaks in the past but i never fell, fell, like it wasn't like a first love kind of situation. Whereas this mm-hmm. situation was, and I still love and care about this person. We're no longer friends. I had to kind of, I had to cut it off, but it, it, it it kicked my butt in a really good way because it, it forced me to start going inward and have learning to have that type of love and appreciation for myself Instead of trying to find it in other people and other things. And once that happened, the tarot card thing, I just started doing tarot cards. And the how it kind of... It's interesting how it happened. Because I never really... Because you know, like, usually when you do a painting, you do comps, you do planning. Planning out, sorting the colors, figuring all that out. I did none of that. It was weird. Like, I just opened it up and just started painting and just going with the flow of it. Like I just found that flow space for me. And I busted out like 78 cards in less than a year. So 78 paintings. Um, A lot of them I've been redoing and reworking and doing over. But during that process of first initially doing it, I didn't know planning And it was kind of like, it was weird because I was always like, what? (laughs) Like, why is this turning out really well when I've done very little planning for it? And then then I recognize maybe that's because I'm finding that joy, that inspiration, and I'm finding that flow with it. And that's why I'm like, recognize that's so important to find when you do anything Um, when it comes to studying or even going to the gym, like, or pretty much every aspect of your life that you have resistance towards. I've learned it's very important to find a place of excitement and inspiration and then take the action, not not trying to be like, oh, I'm forcing yourself to do it because it just kind of backfires and you don't get very far. But if you're able to take a moment and be like, reflect and be like, oh, I'm excited about this. It just kind of flows. And that's how it kind of was with the, this tarot deck. And how I initially did it, I didn't do it in order. I was doing way too many tarot readings at this time, like bad, like like six, seven, ten times a day. Bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. It's not helpful. I even got readings at one point that were saying you should stop doing tarot readings, and I'm like, yeah,
0: <laughs> same. No, same.
1: But um, when it came <laughs> to each card, I would start with the card that would show up for me the most in each and every reading and then finish them one by one. So the first card I did was a death card. The death card came up. The lovers came up a lot. And the star, those were the first three I did. And the death I read. I've redid because it was my first one. And I look back at it now. I'm like, ah. so I redid that one. The star one, I haven't redone at all. But it was just interesting seeing the pattern of like how I was doing it and the cards that were popping up for me to do first. And it was kind of fun because it helped me learn the cards. And I think I'm pretty good at reading them now. <laughs> like, and I've done so many readings for people and stuff. And it's kind of cool because like it's been a way of helping people other people too. And I think that's what helps inspire me to, to finish this, this finish this tarot series and to put a lot more energy and time into it. Because not only the joy I get from making the cars, but from what I get from giving people readings that are helpful or help encourage people or help people understand things about themselves that they couldn't pinpoint. And with this tarot series, I, I'm doing a slightly different. So, each, oh, excuse, oh, excuse me as yes, I die over here. <clears throat> so how I have it structured and set up is the major arcana. Each mm-hmm. card is going to be a little mini chapter in an overall story. And so the story is about like this little girl. It's, it's a basic story. It's not anything I have gone, spent years on this story because I've been trying to wrap this tarot deck up as soon as I can. Um, I have other projects I've been spending years on and I need to start moving forward with those. But I need to finish this first. I need to finish. Finish, not perfect. But it's about a little girl kind of, it's like a kind of like an Alice in Wonderland-ish kind of story. So it's about this little girl and she goes into the witch's stone, which is like this portal into this universe where she meets all these characters in tarot. And she goes through each one learning a lesson and growing and evolving as a person through her journey and through this story and her interactions with all these different characters that are in the tarot cards. And so I'm kind of trying to do a little more of a unique twist on it. So when you're reading the booklet, it's not just description of the card. It's like a story that goes throughout and the small description at the bottom. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And right now I'm working on my own personal cards to throw into the deck and show her at the end of her journey a little bit and kind of having maybe a card in it that's just left up to interpretation there is no description it's whatever you take away from the artwork in the image um, because a lot of that is tarot too is not just going by the imagery but going by well, I mean, not just going by the description, but also going by the imagery, because sometimes the imagery will give you a completely different message than even the description of the card, and um, and it's really pretty. I know there's it's just it's just a very beautiful outlook, and I think that's why I gravitated towards tarot more than any other spiritual practice, is because it is visual, and. Mm. I'm super dyslexic. And so uh, reading the Bible has never been fun for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. Because as you were talking, before you even mentioned Alice in Wonderland, I was going to ask you if you have seen this Alice in Wonderland deck. Because that was what popped into my head when you were describing Like when you're talking before, I love being, I'm basically psychic. It's fine. I have this, I don't know if you've heard of this deck. It's called Tarot in Wonderland. And it's it's very similar to what you described, uh, kind of, but it's literally Alice in Wonderland. Like it is the Alice in Wonderland story, like the same, like, yeah, that book. But the guidebook, I can actually grab it if you want. I have it like right over here.
1: Sure. yeah. I haven't, but yeah, I haven't heard of it. But yeah, no, that'd be cool. I'd let's, let's see it.
0: Yeah. The people who are watching the YouTube version of this can see this. So if you're not on YouTube, uh, check out the YouTube version of these episodes because they do come out a little bit earlier than the, uh, the uh, audio only versions on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But yeah, I'm going to grab it really quick. I have a ton of decks because I have an addiction. I, I do. This is what it looks like. So it's called Tarot in Wonderland. This is like the deck. It's like a big box. Um, It's like a magnetic. I don't know how much research you've done on the printing of your deck yet, but it has the magnetic box, which this is what I want to do with my box when I get my deck printed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I want to do it big or small. That's where I'm at. Like I know I want to do Hmm. a magnetic fold box, but I'm not sure how big I want to make it yeah
0: yeah this this box is huge but the cards are small like in the box like they're normal size cards i don't know if you can see it yeah (laughs) people watching these are the cards like falling out over here but the guidebook is like a it's like a book (laughs) like it's Um. a whole like it's like a novel but it it uses parts of the actual let me try to find a card here it takes each major arcana minor arcana every part and it ties it into the actual book the Alice in Wonderland book and it has a picture of the card there's a whole explanation of like in the book through the looking glass this is what happens and here's how it relates to the card so this if anybody's watching this and you are not into tarot but you're listening to this and you're like I might want to get into tarot Mm -hmm. I highly recommend this this deck, obviously yours, I think it'll, do do you think your deck will be available for purchase by June?
1: Question Hmm. mark? It really, (laughs) well, it really depends because the perfectionist comes into play and I Mm -hmm. really want, because like I said, the story, like, I put time and energy into the story, but I'm, like, reflecting back on it I have been, and I'm like, maybe I want to do more and rework the story, but that would mean it would take longer to complete. And I have a problem when it comes to fully finishing something because I always want to fix upon it. Mm-hmm. And so it really depends what does, where I go, I might end up going with just keeping it as it is. And then if that does well, doing a more expanded version, because that bigger book idea like I kind of like wanted to do like an art book where I explore character designs and stuff even more and then recreate the deck like a second edition but that's like a future idea if the first one gets traction to a place but that's really that's actually really cool that you showed me that like
0: yeah I immediately thought of this deck when you were D- describing it and it was so weird because as soon as like I, I was thinking about like the, the deck and like the pictures and how they all relate to each other and then you said Alice in Wonderland and my brain skipped for a second because I was like wait that was what I was <laughs> just thinking that's so weird yeah but yeah this is like <laughs> Uh, I think you can get this deck on Amazon too. It's not very expensive. It was one of the first decks I ever got because I saw someone do a tarot review and they were like, Oh, these cards are really shiny. So they're easy to shuffle. And I went, I suck at shuffling. I'm going to buy that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why I have it. And also I'm a huge Alice in Wonderland fan, like big time, Mm -hmm. like for like what you described as little mermaid, I was Alice in Wonderland all the time, constantly. I, I got like an Alice in Wonderland Halloween costume. I In fourth grade, I had a whole notebook of Alice in Wonderland-esque stories that I wrote where I just replaced all of the characters with hamsters because I had this hamster when I was like 10 that I was like obsessed with. Her name was Dizzy and she was the freaking best. But yeah, anyway, that's yeah. why I got this deck and it... Just reminded me of that and i'm really i'm excited for your deck to come out because i will buy it uh for sure and um i wanted to know if it would come out by june because this episode is going to come out in june so (laughs) if if you want to give yourself a deadline if you think that'll be helpful for you
1: that may be a good deadline (laughs) i need to set better deadlines
0: yeah, it, it maybe then people, or at least what you could do, if, if it's not ready yet, you could do a pre-order in June.
1: I was thinking also, too, because right now I don't have the funds to purchase like things in bulk right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe me and my cousin, I was talking to her, I'm like, hey, maybe Kickstarter, or I can do a Kickstarter yes. for it to get yeah. the funding, to get it produced. I highly uh,
0: recommend doing that. For sure. Yeah. Because it's a lot easier to if you do like a Kickstarter and you have a whole bunch of people uh, like say you do a Kickstarter and you're posting all over social media and a video goes viral about your deck. You could what you could do. So this is my plan for my deck. I don't want to talk about my deck because it's not even close to being done. And honestly, I wanted to keep it top secret, but it's been too I'm t- it's taking me too long. But my my goal, right? I was gonna finish it. <laughs> Step one, um, no. and then after it's finished, I was gonna get like a like a test print because they'll do that no. um, for you. Uh, a lot of places they'll give you like a one off print of it. And then I was going to use it to make like social media content and like advertise it and market it and say, oh, hey, like, look
1: my. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then I was going to do like a Kickstarter and then try to get as many people as possible to order. Um, I also like went around, I don't know if you've done this either. I went around to all my like local metaphysical shops like within an hour or two of me and I went in and I was like, do you guys buy a local or tarot decks by local artists? And I just kind of showed them cause I'm all, I'm always there anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was just showing them pictures and like a few places were like, I would definitely want to order like, like wholesale. So I was like, yeah, that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's like really good. Cause that's like kind of what happened with me and this, shop I've been doing artwork for right now I have a t- I ordered postcards of my tarot cards mm. but unfortunately Moab is more hiking outdoorsy and so they haven't been doing really selling very well in a very touristy Moab shop so I've been redoing a bunch of more Moab themed like oh another arch Arches National Park is here, like a lot of big national parks, like Canyonlands, Arches, but that's where people come. So I've been doing a lot of that, but I still have like a ton of postcards and I was thinking like when I go visit areas or go to magic shops and see about selling them there, maybe that could be a route where you can do with your stuff too, is making, getting them postcards and seeing if other businesses will sell postcards with your social media information at the bottom so that way yeah because I've been doing that with some of with my postcards I can grab a couple the chair is so creaky
0: no mine is too I I literally like I I've uh, gone accustomed to just not moving for like over an hour the whole time that I'm recording these episodes because and I also like. I want to get my cats a different collar too, because their collar has bells, <laughs> and you I, I, you you've probably heard it at some point during this episode. I, it's so bad. I need to get them new collars that don't have bells, because they're they don't even mean to be loud, but they are, and it's my fault because I bought them collars with little bells on them.
1: I, I get it. Like, <laughs> I live in a basement apartment, and sometimes, like, well, there's not much I can do, but like. You can hear things from people upstairs, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I'm very fortunate to have where I have, the like have the place I have because right now I don't have to worry about rent. Mm. So I work here in exchange for free rent, and which is really nice because Moab is crazy expensive here, like wow, insanely expensive. And it's for, for a really small town as well.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good deal.
1: Darren. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I'm so I'm so grateful for this because I have a bedroom, but I also have an extra bedroom that uses a studio space.
0: Oh, you're so lucky. I live in a shed. I have no space. I'm in a shed. You can see kind of in my closet the, the barn door. The oh, shed. yeah. Yeah. I'm in a modified shed. I
1: mean, (laughs) I love your wall in the back. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, this is the, I don't know if it's hard to see, but the star.
0: Oh, I love that. That's pretty.
1: Yeah. You can look and just getting postcards and I would recommend just going that route and just stopping by magic stores and just kind of like, helping the build up or gain a following or an audience um this one i did redo this one though
0: that's pretty though i like that
1: and i'll show you one more and this is probably like my favorite and it's the first one i did which is uh a death card
0: Yeah. If you could just like describe these a little bit for the people who aren't watching on YouTube. (laughs) We forget sometimes that people can't see us. It's yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For those who cannot see us, the star card, (laughs) it's like very blue and green and it's like a tree. Like my vision for this was like a magical tree nymph. Like she's like but she's like standing over this pool and water is overflowing from her hand. And the whole idea, cause the star card is all about healing and wishes and making dreams happen. And something I've learned from this card is that your wishes and dreams become more clear and focused. The more you focus on healing because mm-hmm. um, the more clarity you have, towards the things you truly want and desire and they're more likely to happen the more focused and the more you know what they are you what what those are what those dreams and goals are Mm -hmm. that comes through healing and healing helps you better know yourself so and then the death card when i went with this like uh, most most of the characters in these cards are very feminine just because I love the Fenomen energy, I've always related to it more and always felt more connected to it. So a lot of my cards, that's why it's called Into the Witch's Stone, because the figures are much more Fenneman in in the deck. And for example, the Hangman is... Is a is a female is a girl, and it's kind of funny how sometimes things just happen because the colors I use for the hangman are very similar to um, the transgender uh, flag, mm. and it just kind of came out that way. And I thought that was interesting because, like, in the original deck, it's a guy, and in my version, I did I. Changed it into a girl. and But then the colors unintentionally just ended up being the similar colors to the trans flag. And I'm like, huh. That's kind of like... It's interesting how certain things just kind of flow and happen naturally. Yeah. Um, and that's when it comes to just allowing it to happen. Things to happen, too. Um, that's a huge part of it. Because sometimes it turns out better than you expect. Yeah. And so, like, the death card... I did, it's like this uh, witch and she's holding a staff surrounded by ravens and skulls. Raven skulls. And how I envision her character is everyone's a little terrified of her, but she's always there. I mean, that, <laughs> that's a little more scary, too. Death is always there. Well, I mean, it is, but uh yeah. But like... <laughs> she's very like comforting because in the in the card there's an egg in her staff and that symbolizes new birth and new life and change and in the mm-hmm. story version how I have it described is the um, character dies in the story version and when she goes to collect the soul or whatever she when she collects it I just imagine, she's very, like, on the card, she's very brown, dull. But I imagine when she collects the soul, this burst of greenery and life just flows out from her for a split second, and then it all just withers and dies. And the egg hatches, and the soul she collected reincarnates. So it's...
0: That's really cool.
1: So, yeah, that's why it's, like... It's, it's such a good, it's one of my favorites that I've done. And so far that is the big project I have going on at this moment. And hopefully I get it all done and I get it finished before, what day was it? June?
0: The exact day. It's like, it's the first week of June, um, June. that this episode comes out. I June 6th.
1: Okay. It better, hopefully it's done by June 6th (laughs) or the Kickstarter's ready or.
0: Yeah. As long as the Kickstarter is up, you're golden.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I need dates. I need, I need. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So hopefully check the description, description of this episode. Hopefully it'll be there. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we are, we are actually coming up on an hour if you are if you're open to doing a part two in the it'll be a while probably in like a year (laughs) but if you're open to just because i record in such like it's february and we're recording for june right now so you know how i work yeah but um within like maybe like six months to a year from now if you're open to doing a part two like please let me know because we did not get to like more than half of your questions, because we got so enamored with conversation, which mm-hmm. is totally fine. Um, that just means there's more to talk about. So um, just let me know. Um, but I do want to give you some time to do your self promo for um, things that you have going on um, your social media, if you have like a website or uh, any way that our listeners can support you. Go ahead and the floor is yours.
1: Right. So um Right now, like, my website's mostly just my social medias. And I have uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And the nicest thing is they all have the exact same username. And that awesome. is Unicorn Arts Factory. Part of me wants to change it, but I'm like, I have, like, 2,000 postcards <laughs> that already have it printed. So I'm like, that's going to stay that for for a while. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did the same thing. I changed my username after I ordered like a thousand business cards. And uh, I changed my branding too. But I'm kind of glad because I changed my branding like a second time in a year. And I still haven't used the first set of business cards. So I'm just going to order new ones. It happens.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a correct time there. We'll, you'll know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And. Especially my uh the company I'm starting now, uh, I can't believe this domain was available, so I'm super happy I got it. but it's a whimsical world:
0: I like that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So like, whimsical world, it's like just started. like I just signed the paperwork, and I think where I'm wanting to go with it is uh, my tarot deck or different tarot card decks and projects and maybe clothing. I'd like to get it to a point where it's working on its own and then I can move on to the next thing because I have several really big projects in mind. One of them I can't I can't go too far into, but I I've, I've had this idea for a social media company and I feel fairly confident in it. But that one I I can't really talk about right now gotcha but so far the whimsical world where i'm getting started with which comes with like changing my social media i might just open a new social media account because 2000 postcards kind of (laughs) pricey yeah
0: i definitely recommend like starting from from scratch because i did that with my business as well and it's I I like it. it. Feels fresh, but yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it has more of a structure and a goal to it. And yeah, so that that's for the most part what I have. I can talk about that I'm going have going on right now. But hopefully, I can get the tarot deck finished and rework the story to something more more unified and so that flows better. Because I've been rereading my story and stuff. And I want to improve upon it. But my problem is sometimes that's all I want to do. And then it doesn't go any further because I'm always changing it. So sometimes I need to be like, stop it.
0: No, I, I totally understand that. All right. Uh, thank you so much, John, for coming on. This was a great episode. Um, I'm super stoked. I love having, um, fellow uh, spiritualist uh, tarot enthusiasts on the podcast because it's not too often that happens and that's like my cup of tea so I'm so glad that you decided to come on I really appreciate you um, taking the time to come on here and tell your story it's been a a great episode
1: yeah thank you for having me it's been it's been a lot of fun like this is like my first podcast oh wow oh (laughs) I know. First time. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought. (laughs) All
0: right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on. I super appreciate it. And to everybody who made it this far into the episode, um, if you want to support the podcast, there's going to be a link below to in the episode description so feel free to check that out. We do have merch. We have a Patreon with bonus episodes. We have all of that stuff. Oh, you can also apply to be on the podcast if you're an artist. Yeah. So if you're interested in any of that, it'll be below in the episode description, as well as all of John's links to everything. So <laughs> yeah. And, and to to everybody listening, I'm going to see all of you guys again next Tuesday. Uh, bye, everyone.
1: Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs>